the mushrooms what we have in common but sanctuary is so much more than that the wisdom that i've gained from listening to to other people's experiences because it shows you that that when you go through life you're not the only one the amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak they talk to you they will answer questions carry on conversations psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up hey everybody i'm eric osborne and i'm courtney rose welcoming you back to another episode of psilocybin says we want to remind you right now before we get too far to hit the notifications bell on your platform of choice so that every monday you get notified when we post new episodes and if you would give us a rating please, please. five stars would be ideal <laughs> that way other people get to find us and listen to this podcast that we put so much heart into every week love having you here and hope you enjoy this episode are you nervous yes about what being on a podcast <laughs> you're not nervous about trip sitting no no are you more nervous about a podcast or trip sitting in the moment the podcast <laughs> i'll just forget about <laughs> any of that we're just having a conversation all right so tristan yeah this is the uh, first podcast and first trip sitting for you eh? Yes. Tell the listeners a little bit about yourself, how you, how you even came to this space. It's always lingered in, inside me. Uh, you know, I've always wanted to, to help people, to help people heal. I wouldn't have attended uh, medical school and pursued that path and spent years working in a hospital if it, if it wasn't, you know, to give back to the people within my community. First time I ever read about uh, magic mushrooms was in 2014 when Johns Hopkins did the smoking sensation with magic mushrooms, I remember just thinking like, wow, this is, this is kind of interesting. Still, you have a lot of stigma, stigma around these, these mushrooms. And then as you communicate with people and you hear their experiences, you kind of realize that it doesn't, the stigma is not deserved and that there's mm -hmm. something here in this space. So what was your conception of psilocybin mushrooms prior to reading about the smoking cessation? Probably just family members that had cow pastures that had to run off <laughs> <laughs> youngins trying to go out there and pick them. <laughs> was that a thing? Out so, so like myself, you're from an even more rural part of Kentucky than, than I'm from. Uh, but was that a thing for you Like in the area people were picking wild psilocybin mushrooms in the fields? Uh, yes, I would say that uh, it may have not been going on like within my family, uh -huh. uh, but definitely it was something that I would hear about huh. whenever my family members would come together, keeping people off of their land in certain ways. Right, and, uh, right. I wonder if it must have been Paniola species because like obviously Cubensis doesn't grow up here. I remember people talking about it when I was a kid too, but I never saw the mushrooms that they were mm -hmm. picking. And I've found active Paniolas in horse pastures. Mm -hmm. um, but never any active psilocybe mushrooms in cow pastures in here in Kentucky. So I was just curious. I don't know. It would be neat to know what people were finding. I suspect that there's probably Liberty Caps out there somewhere. I don't know. Maybe it doesn't get cold enough. There's been some reports of Liberty Caps, psilocybe simulanciata, in northern, far north, eastern U.S. 
Uh, I've heard people say that they they've picked them in, I want to say like Nelson County, um, but you know, people just think mushrooms are mushrooms, and uh, if it's if it has psilocybin in the in it. Maybe it's getting confused. I don't know, but it's just it's a curious thing. So you heard about psilocybin through Johns Hopkins. You had these kind of rumors of psilocybin. When did you get actually to experience psilocybin mushrooms? The first experience uh, that I had uh, with the mushroom was probably two years ago. You know, all of these things and these moments, going back to the Johns Hopkins study, talking to friends in college, sitting and hearing the stories of patients in the hospital, it all like came together in, in a way. This is a very sacred space. There's a lot of healing to be done here. Uh, it definitely healed me in many ways. Mm. I kind of just tried to tunnel vision myself into that. You know, whenever I first reached out to you, one of the first things I said was like, you know, we don't have a, a Johns Hopkins in the state. We mm. don't have a Stanford. But it doesn't mean that we're any less worthy of these medicines. Mm -hmm. That's how I ended up here, and uh, that's how I feel. You have such an interesting perspective to share, you know, as a young medical student from rural Kentucky, having the family history that you do and going through the healing that you've gone through and continuing on that path. and. And then coming into this from this spiritual perspective, synthesizing the, the two worlds it seems to have such a, uh, there's so much value there to share. And as time goes on, I'm, I'm really sure that you're going to be able to bring a lot into this space. If you wouldn't mind, I'd talk more specifically about that first experience. You know, there's like all these expectations that people have going into it and you read all the stuff and you can read the mystical, you can read the research and and then you have your own experience, and it's something in and of itself. So if you would, maybe just share some of that. Like, you know, what was the dosing? Did you even weigh it out? You know, what was your setting like? So dosing did not have uh, the best of scales, like uh, to where you're just using your normal kitchen scale in, in that way. <laughs> and I want to say it was a three to four okay. uh, grams. The scale was definitely uh, not precise. It only went with like half gram increments. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, right, right. I sat down with my with my wife, and anyone that's went through uh, like a graduate program, I think you really you can really lose a lot of your soul. Like you had previously mentioned, I was carrying a lot of baggage in life. When you grow up around addiction around abuse, and you have a family lineage that's in addiction and in abuse. There's genes that are activated. Mm. Uh, I mean, there's, there's a whole psychological process I, that leads back into this loop that occurs in the hollers of Appalachia sat down with my wife uh, and we just went through some of the videos that replay in my head that I couldn't ever escape. Hmm. Um, like you were verbally were re recalling things or? Yeah. And did she dose with you? No. Okay. It was extremely therapeutic. Um, so much resentment within my childhood, so much uh, 
not being able to understand. I feel like it was, uh, I was able to be detached from it and I was able to look at it in a different lens. And then whenever I reconnected with it, I didn't have the same hostile feelings. I wasn't, it wasn't something, like the suffering wasn't negative. It wasn't a negative energy. It wasn't this black hole anymore that absorbed everything like in my life. That ultimately will probably end up being like one of the top five just like the, uh, the the Charles Hawkins stuff, like mm-hmm. top five most influential like experiences mm-hmm. of your, in your life. I don't know if you like want me to expand more on to the extent that you're comfortable. I'm interested if there was any spiritual component, and I'm interested in if you have a spiritual upbringing that kind of played into the experience at all. Yeah. I'm really glad that you hit on that. You know, within this podcast, you've really talked about your your struggles with religion in many ways, Mm -hmm. uh, historically. And I grew up in a Pentecostal church, and uh, it was very interesting to walk in to this church of like 13 people, and uh, there's quite Jesus on the wall. Um, I Did y'all was, have the Jesus on the cross, or was it just the like the Jesus risen Jesus? I would say they had almost every Jesus that you could get from Big Lots. <laughs> All the Jesuses. <laughs> yeah. Okay. All right. Fair enough. <laughs> you know, I, was, I was always just intrigued. Like I would, I always watch little documentaries, or always wanted to ask questions, asking like, "This doesn't make sense. Like Jesus, Jesus wasn't white, or why can't women wear pants?" Hmm. And then, you know, as, as time progressed, it ended up being my older siblings gay. Why are they going to hell? Your, your older sibling? Yeah. Okay. Wow. That, yeah, that must have been a challenge within the family. It definitely was. And it made me, for a long time, resent uh, like re- religion and almost like have to, have, to, have to argue like back and forth like within this like paradigm yeah so if you don't if you don't mind me asking was that a brother or sister and and it's really inconsequential other than i think that there has been so much more of a shame and stigma placed around male homosexuals than females generally Um, yeah you just negate that question it doesn't really matter but no i think it's very important okay i think it's very important for kind of what the mushrooms did for me at that point okay Uh, how do I word this correctly? My now brother was a lesbian then. Around the time that I had my mushroom experience was whenever uh, he had came to me, talked about, you know, I'm going to be transitioning. You know, you're, you're only going to be supportive, but within the mushroom space, it was so much more profound because I was able to go back into my hard drive and see that at a young age, I did have a brother. Mm. Mm. Wow. Yeah, I mean, jean shorts, like backwards <laughs> ba- baseball cap. We used to wear matching outfits. Wow, man. Thank you so much for sharing. That's, in- that's incredible. I can only imagine the complications that that must have brought about in your family dynamic and probably still does i would assume yeah there's there's a long way to go 
for social justice uh, in the United States, definitely in rural areas. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, we're so much further than we were, and I think it's, you know, it's always progressing. But no one deserves to not be accepted in their own skin. And, Absolutely. And I think that, that at the end of the day, like, that's the that's the biggest thing. And, you know, you can only do so much. Like, I correct my family members every time. <laughs> but, you know, just like the book, you can't change their mind. Uh, well, people ask me this all the time, and I want to ask you, why are you different? Why are you so much different than people that you grew up around? Do you have any indication? I'm always questioning things. Mm-hmm. I'm always curious. I, I want to try to understand. Some of my teachers growing up probably just thought I was like just pestering them. <laughs> um, <laughs> even watching Discovery Channel documentaries, like being at church with like 13 people. I mean, like, why do these, uh, why are there hermaphroditic species? But then going back into like the social justice part, like, why are we condemning so many I mean, people? How did you um, even get exposed to so much information out in bumfuck Kentucky? Was it cable? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. a little bit. The Discovery Channel, right? And I think just like a never-ending curiosity. And I think that's one of the things that like drove me into the field that I pursued, which is a lifelong pursuit. Yeah, you, you never stop trying to learn. Like within uh, any type of health space, like it's ever-evolving. Mm-hmm. Yeah, if you were to say why I feel that that I have changed my mind and changed so much of my perspective. I also moved out of, uh, out of the holler whenever mm-hmm. I, uh, it was around 14 and, uh, I moved to the large <laughs> urban center of, uh, Ashley, Kentucky. Yeah. I remember being scared because whenever I was in, Fed's Creek there was like 40 kids in my in my grade and there was like 120 at this other school mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I was like man this is crazy it doesn't get bigger than this <laughs> I mean my my graduating high school class was 35 yeah high school yeah let's go back to the religious over overlay and how that influenced or played a part in your psilocybin experience you know you again with the medical background or the medical training having a spiritual upbringing and still seems like a very spiritual approach as time goes on it's gonna be really cool to see how those perspectives co-evolve but yeah just talk about your first experience in the context of a of your religious background was there any was it even a mystical experience or was it purely did you just perceive it as this kind of exploration of your personal history Are you looking for a community that allows you to authentically express and explore what it means to be human? One that honors the divinity within you and all life? Then Sanctuary may be just the community you have been looking for. Sanctuary is a faith-based organization centered around the sacrament of sacred mushrooms for spiritual exploration and personal development. You are invited to become a member and commune with us. Join us for a Sunday Zoom service or a weekend sacred mushroom retreat in the beautiful Kentucky countryside. Visit P-S-A-N-C-T-U-A-R-Y dot org to become a member and find more information. When I decided to detach myself from uh, my Protestant faith, I think from there, I just kind of went with the coexist. And I just left it at that. Let all religions be. There's, a, there's one source. It made me hardcore into science. 
to where if it wasn't data and it wasn't able to be put on a piece of paper, I didn't credit it. So for the, the mystic, it didn't really warrant it. Did I have an experience with like the way that, uh, you know, people in this space can talk about deities? No, I didn't have that type of experience. Mm-hmm. But the connection I felt to the source of what is mm-hmm. um, and what has been viewed through so many different lenses and cultures, I felt that felt connected to something that I had been disconnected from since the time I was probably six. Mm-hmm. How do you understand that source? How do you... What do you mean by understand? Well, when you say the source of everything, how do you conceptualize that? If you if you go further into this source still being science-based, is there any kind of descriptive perspective that you can give the mystical the ineffable is all around us and it's invisible yeah and it is in each of us trying to understand itself through each of us your description of that is going to give myself and everyone else another data point if you will of this mystery that we're swimming in this is where psilocybin many many times has taken me is that yeah the source of life is trying to understand itself through itself okay does that make sense yes okay the source in 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 that way uh presented itself as more of an energy uh like you know previously uh, interested in the big bang interested in like these origins read a few uh astrophysics books to try to understand definitely not like textbooks but just like uh the layman's Mm -hmm. that there's something greater than that and we're all just a part of it there's lots of physicists that theorize to like this multiverse Mm -hmm. but it's all of the same source like every like every individual universe would end up being of this same consciousness Mm. and just the love that's within that that uh and what I mean by love I guess is just more just the uh the positive vibrations within that hmm. I don't know if that that's wonderful yeah we're never going to be able to describe it we're never going to be able to put it in a box uh so it. you know all of these little <laughs> points have value in helping the whole understand itself. Let's just explore your involvement with Sanctuary for a minute. You were one of the earliest people to come in. Let's talk about that a little bit. Evan, if you hear this, thank you so much. Um, <laughs> Down in Peru. Big up, Evan. We'll give you a, <laughs> I'll give you a shout out when this publishes. <laughs> so I, I become frustrated with my area, frustrated with my state. Going back to all of these instances of working in a hospital, uh, seeing altered states of consciousness from ammonia levels, from different diseases, simultaneously hearing people's stories and then occasionally checking out the MAPS newsletter and seeing some different publications. I entered into uh, to medical school and seeing all this research go on. And I'm very frustrated as to like why... One, my state doesn't have any op- opportunities, mm. and uh, <laughs> it doesn't look like we're getting them anytime soon. Um, 
And we just, and keep, then out of we like, just started calling bourbon a food, so I think we're a, a long <laughs> way away from, yeah, psychedelic therapy. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry. So, um, I, I decided that it was like, you know, I've reached a point where I believe that there's some change that can be made. Uh, so I decided to start a uh, Students for Sensible Drug Policies group. Oh, wow. And uh, I was very fortunate to be able to reach out and uh, ended up connecting uh, all three medical schools in the state to get members that want to see policies change, that are tired of seeing the war on drugs, really just echo the way it is, and which is its own other <laughs> argument for... Uh, how the prison system is. Mm. Um, my area coordinator said, we used to have this guy who was in Louisville. His name's Evan. I would try to get you in touch with him. I end up reaching out to him, and I find out that he's in Peru. And we're talking back and forth, and he's trying to like explain to me the process of getting started, trying to organize, like, trying to try to understand how to, how to run one of these chapters. And he says... Uh, you know, one of my friends, Eric, is uh, hoping to open up Sanctuary. And for me, I was like, this is it. Like, this is a opportunity for people that do not have any opportunities in this space that are struggling severely with mental health elements that the current system can address because... Whether we want to accept it or not, there's a spiritual connection within a lot of uh, depression and anxiety. And so I, that was one of the things. Like I wanted to, to try to work with Sanctuary to give back to this space. For 30 years, everything was like stonewalled. Mm. There's definitely mm. a lot of like ways to go. I think the biggest thing for me, too, is that, yeah, I'm, I'm all for the medical side of this. Mm -hmm. But no matter what the medical side does, they're never going to predate the religious mm. culture mm. around these sacraments. Mm -hmm. And those two worlds don't have to fight. Right. They can coexist. And they actually benefit each other when they do. Yes. Mm -hmm. Because then you don't end up with the backlash or the... Nothing comes out of war other than, you yeah, know, like... Yeah, more tragedy. Yeah. yeah more, more trauma. Even with, like, the peyote ceremonies. Like, that is something, to me, that probably has the, the most documentation, mm -hmm. like, around it. Mm -hmm. Just the fact that, that they're still, to this day, using peyote uh, for addiction, for, for things that we don't have an answer for. Mm. You know, I, in the past year, I ended up losing three people to addiction close to me and my family. And I don't know if that answers that, but like, why, why not? And well, I just really appreciate uh, that you bring up the spiritual aspect of psychological healing. It is such an important component that is so often dismissed. We're going to hopefully do another recording after your work with these, these services here this week. So we'll have more to talk about, but it's just such a crucial component to healing you brought up your your history with religion and how the disservice that these religions have done to spirituality itself 
so many people have abandoned spirituality because of religious trauma. This is a pathway for us to reconnect like you've done societally to our spiritual self. It's undeniable. If we have to look at it in terms of energy, like you said, that's fine. There is an invisible part of being, of existence, of the human life. There is an invisible aspect of us that we can't access through traditional medical instruments and pharmacology. It's, it's ripe for exploration. And when those things are disconnected, that's when I think that you see the echoes. When you have mm. the, the brain and the heart, the mind, body, and spirit, the like osteopathic medicine mm-hmm. references, mm-hmm. when those things are not in alignment, that's when you get these, these ailments mm-hmm. and these diseases. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wow. What's your experience been with Sanctuary? If you were to try to help someone understand what it's like to be a member of this church, how would you describe it? I think it's a a welcoming community where all people from different backgrounds can come together. The mushrooms, what what we have in common, but sanctuary is so much more than that. The wisdom that I've gained from listening to to other people's experiences, the elders, if you will, that's uh, something for me because it shows you that that when you go through life, you're not the only one, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very easy to feel that way. Yeah. Some of the sharing that you've done has been, I know, inspirational to people within the community, to people much older than you. I, I see you very often uh, in the little bit that I know you. You know, we just kind of just really get to know each other. But I see I see you very often deferring or uh, respecting people who have a lot of experience ahead of you or time and you talk the the wisdom of the elders but you know you already bring so much to the table man i mean you've got a breadth of experience just growing up in appalachia the stuff that you've experienced that has helped to make you the person that you are is the very material that's going to help you be the support that why we wanted you to be here i know i I have no question whether or not you're going to be incredible support to people going through this experience just based on your life experience, not even on your mushroom experience. And as you get more involved with the mushroom and have deeper experiences and deeper understandings there, then I don't know. I think that you have enormous potential. Just recognizing what you're bringing to the table I think is really important. Thank you. Just kind of the last section here. Let's just let's just talk a little bit about what you expect out of this role that you'll be playing over the next few days. I wouldn't say that I have any expectations. Good. <laughs> <laughs> or try not to, right? Just try to learn. Um, just try to uh, facilitate. I mean, at the end of the day, every person that's coming here to integrate their experience into their life to get something from from this that they'll carry with them. Just being here is extremely meaningful to be a part of that healing. Mm. So I don't have any expectations. That's wonderful. Yeah. No, it, it is such it's such an honor to be in this space and be a part of it for people. You know, I'm I'm looking at that chair. Stephen, I remember, had a uh <laughs> 
an incredible ride in that chair. And I sat here with him, I don't know, for an hour or so. Actually, at that point, he had moved over to the couch here, and I was he was on the couch where you're sitting, and I was on the chair there just being there with him as he got access into those deeper levels of awareness that still impact him and being a part of his journey for couple of years now and his wife I don't know how 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 I landed here I feel so fortunate it's impossible to try to put into words and it's also an incredible responsibility and it requires an incredible amount of energy and attention it's not easy work it's not easy and people I think sometimes underestimate that because if you are actively supporting people if you are if you are showing up to the fullest of your ability then the full the fullness of your awareness is present with those individuals and as you know from your own life experience people have people have had a lot of suffering there's a lot of suffering out there and so to be in that space with people as they process that is no small thing and it is very taxing on the individual and one of the things that is going to be really important as we build this community is support for each other. I went through a little moment last night and this morning of kind of feeling like this is more than I can bear. I can't, I can't carry this thing. I can't carry this. And that's natural. People, we will feel that. Anyone that's in a, a field where they're, devoted to helping other people are going to experience that. I'm pretty sure as I sit here now and think back on the hundreds of people and the thousands of hours, I wouldn't do anything else. There's nothing else. You know, Courtney, this morning, I think, when I was just kind of mentally preparing myself and feeling the weight of, of it all, you know, she was just like, maybe, maybe you shouldn't do this anymore, Eric. And I know that's not true. There's nothing else that I would do. Definitely need to help. I need, I, I need help carrying this thing. And I'm really grateful that you're here. And I'm grateful that Athena is here and has been such a part of our lives and our community for so long. And, and everybody, everybody that's part of it, I, I, I'm, so, I'm so grateful. Um, but if we're going to do this thing like it can and needs to be done, and we're going to help revive the spirit of so many people who are in a way dead then we're going to need a lot of support ourselves and so you know going into this I think that's one of the things that I didn't know when I started the work in Jamaica I didn't know how much it took to do this and so I made you know many mistakes I've made many mistakes today already uh, but one of the things that I recognize that in working with individuals there not knowing myself how taxing this can be as time goes on did not build into the program self-care to the extent that's that this requires uh, so I would ask you to help hold me and our community and each other accountable for that uh, as we work together so that we can really support each other support the community and create something that can en endure longer than our individual lives. You know, we're kind of batteries in that way. You can you can give some of yourself uh, to people whenever they're 
they're going through it and they don't have as much to give. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, and I just want to say that you're talking about how taxing the space has been on you. I really think that you wouldn't be here if you weren't capable of handling it. It's charged me as well, right? I mean, it's it's fueled me. I'm not. I'm definitely not saying like by any means. I'm not saying that this has like sucked the life out of me or anything like that. It's got its ups and downs, and as much as it's taken, it's also given, a hundred percent. And so I certainly want to recognize that. But I do. I do. I feel a real responsibility to you coming into this. Ask for help. Ask say when it's get, if it's getting to be too much or as time goes on. You know, ultimately. I'll leave it on this. The the thing that is most beautiful about what we're creating here is that we are not creating a hierarchy. We are creating an, equal, yeah. an equilibrium where we all share this together. You know, what we want to create is a space where I'm not here to heal you. We're healed to, here to heal each other. And so, like, once you get comfortable or competent, yeah. in the space I can let go and let you do your thing and we're all like working to help the whole uh, we talked about yeah. this it's, it's, a, it's we're deluding ourselves and we think that we're coming to the mushroom to heal ourselves we're coming to yeah. the mushroom to heal the whole and so as as you and individuals become more trusting of the process then we can all just let go and be a part of the process together rather than somebody being like a caretaker so to speak. Does that make sense? Yes. It's going to be fun. And it will be. And thank you so much. I mean, it's grateful. Yeah, yeah, me too, my man. Looking forward to uh, seeing how it unfolds. And the beating of the drum.